Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. We talking Raiders and football dirt. Because we are a unique Raider talk show. We're going to have good times. Let's go. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Yo, I buy scratcher tickets day a Lee. But today was a head scratcher, if you will. Vontez Perfect did his deal. I'm so upset, I don't know what to do, Murph. But we're going to talk about it. Is he a fool or is he cool? We lost a linebacker. But it's Monday with Mikey and Murph. We talking Raiders. Cool type later top show. We got Murph Fan Cave. Let's go. It's Mondays. With Mikey and Murph. All right, Murph, here we are, episode number 33. And if you guys know me, that is a scary conspiracy number. Hey, you know, Mikey, I'm sitting here and I'm looking across at my TV and I'm watching ESPN and uh, and the the lead up to the the Monday night countdown to tonight's Monday night game. Can we just talk a little bit about how Susie Colbert is like the Benjamin Button of ESPN? Like she gets hotter every year and she's like 55 years old or something. And she's just absolutely a hottie. Like, good job, Susie. I mean, she's a great reporter, too, but she's easy on the eyes, too. You know what I mean? I think you're just at home. And a little bit H O R and Y. Easy. Easy there, big fella. Easy. Easy there, big fella. I just want to remind everybody we truly want you guys to be a part of the show each and every week. So just letting you know during the chat, if you'd like to donate, be a part of the show. We try to give funny nicknames that people that donate during our show above, we try to give them trick fun names. And then also the phone number. Text us during the show, 
Give us a phone call. Leave questions or messages because we haven't really been getting any. And we're trying to put your questions and answer them at the end of every show. So go ahead and do that. Leave them under 30 seconds. Go to the phone. You can also leave a text message. It's very easy. Yes. Text me. Hey, Mikey. Hey, Murph. You know, what's going on with, you know, Vontez Perfect? And then we'll answer it on the show and give you credit with your name. So that being said, Murph, everybody, excuse me, Murph, please let everybody know about your channel because I truly want people to continue to find you and your amazing content. Appreciate that, Mikey. Thank you very much. You can find us uh, here on the YouTubes at uh, youtube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. That's M-U-R-F-S Fan Cave. And that is our uh, YouTube channel that we started at uh, Mikey's Encouragement. We were an audio-only podcast forever. And now we do a live stream every Wednesday night. So that'll be tomorrow night at uh, usually about 7.30 Eastern time in that range. And uh, so it's a lot of fun. Check us out. Subscribe to us there, please, if you wouldn't mind, and, uh, and support our channel there. There. Uh, and then we are an audio podcast, and we have four shows on our network. We have this show, the audio version of Mondays with Mikey and Murph. We have Raiders Fan Radio, which is our flagship show. We have Tales from the Nation, which is a look back at significant moments within Raider history. And then we have the fan. We're going to do one of those today at the end of the show. We're going to do one of those. Awesome. And then we have uh, the Fan Club Blitz with uh, Splatterhead Tom and Fitz, and that's a fan club slash booster club show where those guys uh, talk uh, to other Raiders booster clubs and fan clubs around the country they represent the new jersey chapter of the black hole and do a great job representing raider nation and uh and getting in touch with with other uh fan bases and other and other booster clubs uh amongst raider nation as well so it's a good time there merce fan cave and you can find that on any podcast service so apple stitcher google play iHeartRadio, spotify you if there's a podcast out there podcast service we're on it search merce fan cave m-u-r-f-s fan cave there it is. Any 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 podcast group that has a guy named Splatterhead, named Thomas, <laughs> just, you know it's going to be an amazing good time, especially with people that have nicknames like Swaggy Jeff, Uncle Mosh, you know, Murph. He's got his own action figure on that show. You're, you're better than Colin Coward. Thank you, Mikey. There's uh, This is Lil Murph right here. Let me see if I can get him up to the camera for those of you who can see. I that, love it. Look at Lil Murph. That's Lil Murph there. Uh, that was uh, came courtesy of one of our, our listeners, and now he does his own podcast, Monster Mash Ken. Uh, he creates custom action figures and uh, and sent us this Lil Murph. And so, yeah, appreciate appreciate Ken. Shout out there, buddy. East Coast Nation, what's up? I want a little Mikey, but unfortunately, it wouldn't be a little Mikey. It'd be a big Mikey because I'm a big, big boy. Big, big boy. <laughs> All right, Murph, we got some headlines today, and we're going to try to have a little bit of fun. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Then let's do it. All right. It's time for the actual headlines. I'm calling them headlines again for this episode. Headlines, deadlines, deadlines, Murph. They blew my mind. Murph, I'm actually struggling to pay rent again. Hang in there, buddy. Everything's going to be lovely. Hang in there, buddy. I need a poster that says hang in there, buddy. Everything's going to be lovely. Remember those posters with the cat hanging from the tree that said, hang in there, buddy. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. All right. We got a donation. I just wanted to respect it because they're always important. So thank you very much, Tony Anthony the Raider. Thank you very much. Uh, and here's the question. So let's answer it real quickly. Mikey, do you think that Mikey Murph, do you think the Raiders will get a linebacker? If so, they use nickel defense most of the game against the Colts. Do you think we're going to get another linebacker in free agency? 
I think you have to at this point, right? I think we got to at least explore the the uh, the option. I mean, there's not a ton of names out there. I mean, everybody pointed quickly to Brandon Marshall because he was most recently released by the team, uh, and he hasn't been picked up by anybody. Uh, there's a couple other names out there, no, nothing that jumps out. It would not surprise uh, would surprise me to see them make a uh, like a low level trade for somebody to to fill in at depth. But I mean, Morrow did a pretty good job filling in uh, on the other side when Tayer kicked into the middle so that actually worked out pretty well and considering how much uh nickel the raiders were already planning on playing this year i mean look it sucks man i'm not gonna try to put lipstick on the pig it sucks the fact that we lost vontez for the year uh which well we'll see he's gonna appeal it we'll see if we actually lose him for the year but yeah it would make sense to see them i don't know sign somebody off a practice squad or trade a fifth round when well, we have fifth but you know what i'm saying like trade a low level pick or something would not surprise me um i was trying to think if there was somebody out there that they could like really target in terms of like a big trade like a splashy thing i don't know if they're gonna if they'd be willing to do that anyways but i can't think of anybody can you yeah, that was a good transition, though. So that brought us to the major linebacker headline. I definitely think they, they need to be looking out, but they have proven to really not be doing that. They've been looking at practice squads and all that other stuff. So, again, I don't see them doing it. I'm, I'm concerned for the British. But that brings us to this headline, and let's talk about it. Our enforcer, if you will, our free agent one-year deal enforcer, who has technically been fined 17 times in his career, put a hit on the Colts tight end. Uh, what's his name? Lloyd. Jake Lloyd. I don't know. That's the kid from Star Wars. <laughs> you put a hit on Jake Lloyd. <laughs> put a hit on Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Cause he sucked as Anakin. <laughs> Are you an angel? Are you an angel? I'm a pop racing McCann. Um, put a hit on Jack Doyle that many was egregious. And the NFL within 24 hours came back with a year long suspension. Uh, so let's quickly talk about it from multiple angles. Uh, but from your perspective, based on the hit or his history, was it deserved? Well, that's a very tricky question, and I don't think there's a good answer that we can that I can put out there for Raider Nation that someone in the chat isn't going to yell at me for something. Like there, there, uh, there's not a good way to address this topic. So let me just say it like this: I think it sucks that we lost him. I think he's been an awesome addition to the football team. I think that his familiarity with Paul Gunther's defense has not only helped his on-play effectiveness, but I think it's helped him relay almost as a coach on the field to mentor to some of the newer guys, the the other free agent additions, uh, some of the younger players. Like, he was, you know what I mean, a catalyst. He was an in-between, the players and Paul Gunther. And so I think that there was a lot of value behind them bringing in Perfect. That's, and so we're going to miss that tremendously that said considering his track record you've got to have a heightened sense of awareness that you're gonna get the spotlight on you on this stuff i mean he's because not only has he been suspended for these things in the past you're talking about really violent 
demonstrations of hits like this. The one he did on Antonio Brown is no joke. Like it's, it's a violent hit. And I, while I think there's some hypocrisy considering John Runyon is the, the VP of whatever. And I don't even remember his title is John Runyon, former offensive lineman for the Eagles. Um, very dirty player. There's plenty of video out there of him head hunting and all that. And while he's the guy that levied the punishment against perfect and calls perfect out, it's a little bit of the pot calling the kettle black. Like I'm like, wait a minute, dude, like you're guilty of this crap too. So, but the league has changed. And that's the thing is that, this isn't John Runyon's era. This isn't the 70s Raiders. Heck, Villapiano, Jack Tatum, George Atkinson, every single one of them would get fined and kicked out of the league back then, too. New era. It's a new era, man. And you've got to be aware that you've had these uh, infractions before. And you got to play with it. Again, a heightened sense of awareness. And he didn't. So... You, we can try to defend him all we want. We can say, well, Doyle was trying to get back up. We can say we can say whatever we want. The optics are not good. And the league has already tons of pressure on them to react to this whole CTE thing, and they're going to. So it's like you have a heightened sense of awareness to the issue. You have a heightened sense of awareness to the player. He's got a lack of it. So what do you end up with? You end up with a freaking guy gets suspended for the year, and it sucks, man. It really sucks. But, I mean, I get it. I don't like it. I don't endorse it. I don't condone it, but I get it. Um, I just want to say, again, I know it's a new era, but I'm going to throw out the 100% hypocrisy of the NFL. The NFL of the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and even into the 2000s, they created NFL films. They made DVDs called, you know, biggest crushing hits, greatest crushing head hits, head hunts, you know, spectacular DVDs to make money off of injury. And yes, they are technically a new era. So I get it. And I 100% honesty, honesty, understand why they're doing this. But that being said, there still is hypocrisy because this is a league where you have to hit. You have to. Again, you don't have to do it in the factions that on some occasions, players like Vontez Burfick does do it. I get that. But by looking at that, I am no expert. I don't think personally he went out to hurt the tight end. I saw him put his hand in front of him. Yes, he dove with his head because he doesn't apparently know how to tackle correctly. And he's probably doing it wrong his entire effing career. And he still hasn't changed. But the Raiders have always had a problem with tight ends in the league. And you know our coaches told him, we got to stop these tight ends catching the ball and we need to show some enforcement up the middle. So Vontaze Perfect took it upon himself to tackle incorrectly again, which he deserves, but he did it. But there was another player in Marcus Joyner behind Jake Lloyd. Nah, what's his name? <laughs> uh, but there, uh, LaMarcus Joyner was behind as well with a helmet-to-helmet hit because the tight end was getting up. He caught the ball on his niche. He started to get up. Then that, that's when Vontez Perfect put his head, a thing like this and led with his head. LaMarcus Joyner did the same thing. If Vontez Perfect wasn't there, LaMarcus Joyner would have hit him, and he did in the head as well, a little bit. But again, I understand Vontez made a mistake. 
but it could have been on LaMarcus Joyner as well. So now the NFL takes a look at it, and of course they suspend him. Because the last two times he was suspended, first time it was a three-game suspension, then it was a five-game suspension that they reduced down to three, and now they have to make it known within 24 hours, and they have to basically make it a law. So now for the future, hopefully they go by these standards where it's a 12-game or a season-long for a third offense. But that being said, Vontez Burfick did not have to walk off the field like a villain and grin after being ejected and blow kisses to the Colts fans. Yeah, you didn't seem That's too where I think. Yeah, he didn't seem too remorseful there. And you know the guy's got priors, Correct. man. You know, and when you when you have that, it's you, again, you have a target on. And the other thing too is that this was a pretty hard-hitting football game. This was a really fun game to watch. And was. there was a lot of Raiders bringing it and there was a lot of amazing hard hitting very um textbook tackles the way that the league wants us to tackle now the way that the, and I say us because I don't know why but the the, the way that the NFL wants you to tackle it's trickle the down proverbial us the proverbial, the proverbial hey, us nerd, nerd. well it's trickle down to coaching and being a, a, a youth football coach you know like that's the way that I've always taught my kids to tackle. There's a way to do it. It's rugby style tackling. There's a way to do it. You teach them to take the head out of the play, but it doesn't make the impacts anymore less significant. And there was a couple of hits in that game where I'm like, how did the ball stay in? You know what I mean? Like, how did that guy freaking hang on to the ball? I mean, they were Nicholas Morrow. I mean, was just crushing people out there. He had a fantastic game. And so there's, so you have that. And then in contrast to perfect going in, leading with his head, the crown of the helmet, head-to-head impact, like everything the league tells you don't do, he did. So we got to not be shocked, Raider Nation. Look, I'm again, it sucks. I'm not telling you that it doesn't suck. I'm not wishing it were different, but I get it. You got to think of it from a business perspective, man. The NFL's running a business, and they're in the business of taking head injuries out. Now, that said, it's obnoxious that Josh Allen gets drilled in the head by a Patriot and nothing happens. It's obnoxious that other players are getting choked on the freaking field. Jonathan, oh. Jonathan Jones had an aggressive hit just recently I'm saying. and nothing he, happened. He's the one that hit freaking uh, Josh Allen and knocked him out of the game. Yeah. Like, so the, and this is, I think this is, and no, we're going to get on a tangent, so I'll just stop. But this is a bigger problem with the NFL in terms of its officiating. And I think that at that really needs to get addressed. I'm not an alarmist, and I'm not the guy that goes, it's going to bring the league down if we don't fix this. But it really, if they don't find some consistency to the officiating, it really is going to tarnish the sport because it's gotten to a point now where it's like, all right, man, look, I get it if you make a bad call in the moment. We're humans. They're humans. They're going to make mistakes. But with the endless amount of resources they have at their fingertips in terms of replay in the moment, at the game, and afterwards, the fact that the NFL doesn't in, doesn't make these guys go back and and correctly make a call, that to me is obnoxious because if you're being inconsistent, that's what's going to kill it. That's what's not going to kill the game, but that's what's going to drive them. I'm going to play the blame game, Murph. Like, again, his suspension is deserved. I don't want it to be that long. Sure. I figured if the last one was five, give him him eight. You know, like he's got to appeal still. It may drop down to that. 
but still make make sort of a, a dang triangle. You know, certain games for certain offenses, whatever. But players like Antonio Brown can disrespect the league. They can ravage through teams. They don't even get put on exempt list, even with a you know, with with a payroll. Uh, you know, other players can allegedly do things to family members or women or this or that. Then they get contract extensions. So whether Perfect really headhunted, which I think he did kind of, but still, you know, off the field and all this other stuff, he's kind of respected the league a little bit better, but he's playing within the league. It's hitting league and he's hitting, but they don't want the hitting anymore. So you might as well put flags on these suckers. You might as well make the flag football. There's a reason. Where, that, where, how do you tackle nowadays? Where, where's no, the you, thing? You can't go to the leg. Or, I don't know. Nah, that's the thing, though. It's very possible. And again, and I've, and I've, I've actually done a lot of research on this because, because I've coached it in kids, and it's, and and I took it from Pete Carroll. If you just, you could do a simple Google search out there at Raider Nation and Google Pete Carroll rugby style tackling, and he'll. He does some amazing videos and technique teaching. Uh, basically, what formed the Legion of Boom? Do you remember? Think about the Legion of Boom. All right, what is what was the the core of the Legion of Boom? Was aggressive, right? It was it was tackling. It was hitting. It was making you pay for coming over the. How many times did you see Camp Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, Brandon Browner? How many times did you see those guys get ejected out of games for hit, hitting people in the head? Yeah, that, probably not many. That many. Okay. There's a, but they were, you can bring it, man. You can bring it and take the head out of the play. It's very possible. Now, I get it. These guys have been playing this, goes, been playing the, the, the game this way my whole life. And now you're asking me to change. Well, you know what? The league changed. So you either got to change with it or you're going to get suspended for a year. Like, you know what I mean? And so it's very possible to still be aggressive, to take the head out of the play, to still make very effective tackle. The point of a tackle is to get the ball carrier to the ground, and that's what Pete Carroll will tell you. What is the job of the tackler? Get the ball carrier to the ground. Everything else is extra. So as long the as N- you- the NFL lets them doesn't let them hit in the head, but the NFL will let them dive head first into the knees, into the legs, no, and end people's no, careers no. as long as they don't get a concussion. No, it's not head first. That's where you're making the mistake. You take the head well, out yeah, of the play. Well, yeah, with the, the new law, you're right, you're you right. You take the head out of the play. There's a very effective way to be a good tackler right. and take the head out. Watch, go back and watch the game. And I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at the proverbial you. Go out, go back and watch the game and watch Nicholas Morrow tackle. He's perfect. Watch the way LaMarcus Joyner tackles. He's perfect. Like, that's the way that the NFL wants you to tackle. And they're still blowing they are, people they up. They are told to go after their legs. I mean, diving with the shoulder, you're right. But they still but go you, after the legs now, you know, you, with their shoulder. Your target, and- your target zone is above the knee and below the chest. That's your target zone. And yeah. and I'm and I'm telling you, there's a you, you and you and you put the head on the outside. You drive the shoulder. You, you it's it, you make the contact. You drive for five is what they call it. You want to drive for at least five steps. You know you make that contact. Drive for five. Roll to the ground. It's 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 it's, it's a very coachable thing. It's very simple. Oddly enough, you can take those concepts and apply it to a freaking twelve year old. And I'm telling you, I've done it, and it's it's not hard now. So that's why you see people that are successful tacklers in the league from the Legion of Boom onto the current Raiders that I've mentioned. So when you see things like, like Burfitt, if I know it as a fan, I'm a schmuck who coaches 
youth football and has a podcast. If I'm aware of this, the NFL is hyper-aware of the possibility to tackle and to remove the head from the play so that when this guy, when 55 shows up and he's drilling fools in the face, guess what? You're suspended. Like, it's, come on, man. You know, not come on, man, you, but... You know, <laughs> come on, man. Come on. Man. Speaking of Monday night, and that's what. Hey, uh, so well, and let me say this. Remember, it used to be all jacked up. Remember, they used to have that correct. that that segment. Now, what is it? It's come on, man. They don't celebrate all come jacked on, up anymore. They're moving the needle. Not moving the, the needle. So, moving on from that subject again, whether it's right or wrong, I agree. I mean, it was deserved the suspension. It sucks, like you said. There's nothing that can be done about it. But is that a problem with the coaches now looking forward to only keep four dang linebackers? And then you know that you have an enforcer who might get suspended. And, and then all of a sudden, like, it just it feels like bad coaching a little bit somehow. I don't know. It just feels, and they didn't address it in the draft the previous three years. It just, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right to me, Murph. Well, the league is changing, man. I mean, look, and whether we like it or not as fans, the league is changing dramatically. And at this point, um, you know, nickel coverages, these hybrid safeties, you know, that can cover and play down low. People like to think about the dynamic between Joyner and Abram. Different skill sets there, but very versatile, right? That's what we're starting to see. And, and that's why, look, I don't want to downplay the significance of losing perfect, but it's not going to have the same impact on us that I think that we might feel like it is on the front end. Because look at how effective that's our true. defense was in that game because that's the way the teams are built now. That's why the Raiders never... Um, Excuse me. That's why the Raiders didn't draft linebackers for how long? Like we haven't drafted in the in the top rounds linebackers. When we've needed middle linebackers or inside linebackers, anyways, forever. But we've not drafted them. Why? Because the freaking the importance of that position is down, frankly. Now you need somebody, you need one or two guys. And then you need a bunch of safeties and corners that can kick inside and play down low. Like, that's the way the game's played. So, yeah, I think the Raiders are going to continue to evolve along with it. And, you know, that's – so, again, I don't like it, but that's where we're at. Oh, we lost the perfect Raider from the past. Nice. <laughs> the perfect Raider from the past. Yeah, you did. Uh, all right, speaking of the past, and this is a sad storyline for me. I mean, I love Greg Papa announcer for the Raiders who was fired um, a couple of days ago with the addition of Gruden for Brent Musburger. Greg Papa was in the Raider legacy lore as the uh, game time announcer for many years. And he had a very, very special phrase every time the Raiders scored a touchdown where we all, he would scream touchdown Raiders. But he came the San Francisco 49ers announcer just this season officially. And then now he has brought on a touchdown slogan, but he's added a San Francisco twist. And for some Raider Nation, it has us up in arms. So let's watch what he does with the San Francisco 49ers making a big time score. There it is. He says, touchdown San Francisco. Now let's compare it real quickly to Brent Musburger 
announcing a call for the Raiders. Let me see if I can get this on screen. So here's Brent Musburger in a comparison. Brent Musburger says, this should be a touchdown. This should be a touchdown. Yes. J.J. Nelson. It just sounded so weak compared to Greg Papa's classic touchdown Raiders. Murph, do you think, do you have a problem with Greg Papa adding the San Francisco twist to the vaunted legacy Raider slogan? Uh, a lot of Raider Nation on Twitter said, how dare he take, I don't know, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I'm going to give you a typical Murph type answer and tell you that, no, I don't like it, but I get it. And it's, um, it's pretty lame that Greg Papa is doing this, but if this is, you think the biggest, uh, I don't know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, the biggest shot at the Raiders that he's taken, then I would encourage you to go dig in a little bit to some of the crap that this guy has said. He's way bitter against the Raiders. He's way sour grapes. He's been talking smack against the team ever since he left. And I lost a lot of respect for him. I'll still always have a fondness for some of the great calls that he made in the past. Uh, we'll still play them every once in a while in our show. And we're doing a look back at different things. And also, I'll always respect that time with the Raiders. But in terms of now, I've had zero respect for him ever since he left. Because, again, all he's done is just talk junk ever since he left. He doesn't like the Raiders. He doesn't like the Raider, the team, the organization, the fan base, clearly. And this is just spitting on us. But you know what? That's what people do to the Raiders. You know what I mean? They always... It, and it's and he's not the only one. We've had all these beat writers that are you know that 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 are now disassociating from the team or are still contractually obligated to cover the team, and they're they're just bitter. You know, they just talk smack. They just take pot shots at the team all the time. Like, you know, it's it's sad. It's frankly, it's sad. And now that said, Greg Pop is also a brand. You know, that's everybody's all about their brand and that's his call, right? Bill King was holy Toledo or whatever. Like everybody's got their call. Well, that's his call. And so he's just taking that call and he's just inserting team B into his call. So I get what he's doing. That's his business. That's his brand. Um, but the fact that he lacks the creativity to come up with something different for the different team and leave that touchdown call with the Raiders you know, that's pretty uninspiring, Greg. You know what I mean? You could have done something a little better with that. I mean, you know, we're just, you know, schmuck podcast hosts, and we could come up with something uh, a little more creative than just, you know, taking a new team and plugging it in there. So I think it's lame. I think it's way lame, but I get it. Whatever. Um, And, yeah, I don't want to talk about Niners anymore. Yeah, uh, I didn't think you would take that take on it, man. That actually was a shock to me. Um, But, I mean, do I have a problem with it no it's his slogan it's his brand like you just said so if he wants to take what he invented to another location fine but i do think he tried to technically respect the raiders legacy as he didn't say touchdown oakland he said touchdown raiders and this and he is a bay area person so he doesn't say touchdown niners or touchdown 49ers he just says touchdown San Francisco, which is so and stupid because they play in Santa Clara anyways. What's he? That's it's just so dumb on so many levels. Anyway, I'll shut up. Go ahead. I Sorry, liked Mike. it. No, I kind of liked it. Cause I thought maybe we wanted to keep it 
you know, like Bay Area, that he that's where he lives and all that. So I kind of read it. Um, I don't have an issue with it. I don't like hearing it. I can't stand it. And it pisses me off when I hear calls like Brent Musburger that we just shared, how weak it's been. And I see all the excitement from Greg Papa, and I'm just missing it because I'm a fan. But that being said, I mean, good luck to him. And I have no issue with him taking it. And I think he tried to respect the Raiders a little bit by saying San Francisco instead of 49ers. That's just my take on it. And we can move on from there if you have anything to say. No, I don't want to talk about Niners anymore. <laughs> All right. I'm going to sing a song from the 80s or 90s that many people. Oh, I, ha- I forgot I had a. I had a picture for it that I didn't even show where I said, should he say it? Disloyal to the Raiders? I forgot I had this picture. I, I didn't get it there. Whatever. All right. Let's what move on. Tool. Um, hey, I, man, boo, I didn't think you'd take that take. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, he but keeps talking smack where, about the team. I'll talk smack about him. And I know he's listened to this show before. So I hope he hears me. You're an idiot, Greg Papa. Yeah, Come up with something fresh and exciting. It's all good. It's all good. Again, Mikey loves you. I you know. know. He, Murph at Murph's <laughs> Murph at Raiders fan Yeah. You know, I'm sure he's salty. I'm salty to Raiders too, for my many reasons. So it comes out on occasion and I talk trash with the coaches. But I'm still a Raider fan for life. I cannot he's get it a out pro, of my blood. He should rise above this stuff. And that's the, I won't get on another soapbox again, but this is the thing that bothers me about him and the beat writers and all these people is that you're supposed to be professionals. And if you're going to allow your personal feelings about what the team did to you impact your reporting, your performance, your calls, whatever, then you are doing the listener and the reader a disservice and shame on you. Cause you're supposed to be a pro. I'm a fan. I'm allowed to be a little bit obnoxious with my, with my takes. Cause that's, I'm a freaking fan. Man, you're not. You're a pro. Act like one. Woo! Mikey, I didn't think that was in me. You brought it out. Under, under, understood. Uh, all right, so let's move on from this disaster. And let me sing. Where in the world is Mike Mike Mayock? The He's a former, um, you know, NFL, like, guru, always on television, all that. And I thought he would be in the forefront more talking about this team, our victory plays on the field i thought he'd be out there more um explaining what's going on and all that uh but he hasn't really been seen from or heard from much in the media ever since the antonio brown let's call it age debacle whatever happened on the field um do you have an issue with him do you think he's hearing murph and do you think that maybe there's some in-house problems with Putin? doesn't camera or he just wants to disappear i don't know what are your thoughts dude yeah well he's he said that during the hard knocks time that he's his desire was to be behind the scenes and to not be out front and that's why we didn't see him a lot in hard knocks you didn't see him doing interviews you didn't see him we saw a couple locker room shots of him talking to people and whatnot but he didn't get a lot of play on hard knocks and that's how he's choosing to roll on this i'll say this he's way more accessible than reggie mckenzie was like reggie mckenzie would just like crawl out of a hole like once a year and do a press conference and then he would go away again we never hear from him again so um and that was one of my criticisms of reggie i was like dude we don't ever hear from this guy like and when he would do he's talking he's like doing those you know like what the heck man like 
Tell us what's up. Like, get out front a little bit. Well, Mike Mayock in the offseason, around draft time and all that, he was very out front. He was out there talking about things. Well, that's why I'm asking the question. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm asking the yeah, question. But during the season, I, I thought he would be like that. No, what do we need to hear from him? What do we need to hear him talk about? Like, no, we, that's what Gruden's there for. He's the head coach. He's the, you know what I mean? He's essentially the the, the, the shot caller on on more than one thing. Um, so now, what do we need to hear from Mayock for? I'm I'm good with him, you know, laying back during the season. Now, when the season's over, then I want to see you out there again, Mike. And he will be. Yeah, I just. I don't know, maybe because that Antonio Brown saga, you know, he said, she said was so huge, you know, that if Mike Mayock spoke on it to anybody, the league and everybody might have truly known what happened and they either might have suspended Antonio or, you know, we found out that the media was not saying the truth. I don't know. I just thought that might help, but I can understand him not wanting to, you know, let it fester, as they say. But I was just wondering, I kind of wanted to, I kind of want to see him out there. I kind of like it. It makes me feel good to see our general man talking about the about a good victory. You know, it just makes me feel better. So that's why I asked the question, dude. All right. So what is right is wrong now we're Oakland Raiders from your perspective? Well, start we, with what's right. Well, or no, start with what's wrong, then we'll do the right. All right. Uh, well, what's wrong is that we still struggle with depth. Um, that, that shows up when you play, uh, you know, really good football teams, uh, like when we played the chiefs and the Vikings, and we're going to get into plenty of that later. So I'll just say that we were exposed for our lack of, of depth. And while everybody wants to have superstars, what wins you championships is the depth of your roster. That's why the freaking Patriots win, because it's somebody comes out and is dominant in the playoffs. And you're like, who is that guy? Like, what do they do? Like, because like, they've completely changed a strategy or a scheme or whatever, and uh, and they game plan with someone that maybe you weren't even that aware of, or you know, you know what I mean? So that that depth, you look at every any team that's ever won a Super Bowl, all of them are deep. Like they all are. Well, we don't have that. We don't have that ability to, to play deep into our into our uh, into our depth chart. And when you hear me say things like, "Well, the Raiders ran out of talent in this game." That's exactly what I'm talking about. So we're our roster. So I'm going to transition into what's right. Well, our roster is much improved on the top end. So when you look at who the starters are, top to bottom, we are drastically improved over last year. Uh, our offensive line uh, is way better than we were last year. Still having some struggles, but drastically improved over last year. Defensive line better uh, on the edges. Still need some work there, but secondary drastically improved over last year. Our secondary balled out against Indianapolis. I could be more proud of the way that that they finished, and we're going to talk about it in a minute, but when you look at the way Eric Harris closed that game out, such an an intelligent, heady play he made and completely punked a young quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. And so that is definitely improved. So the top end of our roster, our starting 11 on both sides of the ball, way better. Now we got to build depth. And that's why you won't see the Raiders going crazy with a bunch of draft picks, I think, because that's where you build that depth. You build that depth, second round, third round, whatnot. So um, anyway, and thankfully, two first rounders. So uh, that's where we're at for this. So it's like, okay, establish the 8-8 eight and eight season, go into this offseason, build a bunch of depth, go into Vegas. All of a sudden, we're competing, hopefully, for a division title and, and, and maybe a, a deep run into the playoffs. 
Very well said. Um, what's wrong with our Raiders? Well, Mikey Raiders got a million things wrong. I start in. I can start with the hiring of Gruden. You know, for my my ideas. But what's technically wrong with our Raiders? It's just we're the same old Raiders. We haven't had a winning season for the most part since, let's say, be honest, two thousand sixteen. But we're technically doing some head scratching decisions every year, whether it be during the draft or for our staff or firing the wrong people at the wrong times. And, you know, it just feels like the same old Raiders for the previous 20 seasons. And I'm just getting tired of it. When's the foundation? When am I finally, truly, from my point of view, going to see the foundation? Like, officially, where I'm like, 100%, we are going to win a lot next year. And I haven't had that feeling for a good while and I'm just tired of it, you know. So, like, what is wrong is we're not winning. <laughs> it's just I know we're two and two, but I just want to win more because our slogan is just win, baby. And for the latter part of 20 seasons, you're not doing it correctly. So that is what is wrong to me. What is right about our Raiders? Well, we finally got a, a dang stadium that we deserved. And – Al Davis has wanted that for many years, and he did toil with the Vegas idea for many years. So at the foundation, what is right is our fan base, and we got a legit home and a stadium that the team deserves, and maybe they can move on and move forward and start winning like we talked about. But what is technically right in general about our team is our fan. It is not the team is our fans, no matter win, lose, or die, haters are always there, loving them, hating them, buying the merchandise, no matter what. We're willing to stab other people <laughs> just because we love our team so much. It's insane. It's also beautiful. So what is right about our Raiders is our fan base, and that will never, ever be wrong. All right, let's go into your hired, your fired game. What we're going to do is from this exact point in the season, Murph, I'm going to show you players and coaches. And from your perspective at this exact point in the season, if you had a lot of other options available to you, whether it be free agency or money or whatever, whether you would stick with the person or you would remove them from the team at that moment basically you're hired for this from here on out or you know what i've seen enough of you and you're fired and i wish we could move on all right i can't see the screen so you just have to tell me what i'm looking at you got it give me one second and then i will get those up there the first player whether i want to know and then i'll give mine keep them short at explain why you're firing them or hiring them and then i'll do mine after you do so the first player from this exact moment, is Arden Key. Ooh. Fire or hire Arden Key? He's still young enough that I'm going to say hire. That said, one of our, we call him the capo. He's Aaron the Q-Dog Raider. He's kind of the leader of our made men, which is um, our, our group of, of folks that are uh, that call and leave messages on our show, Raiders Fan Radio, three times. We call you a made man or a made woman. And he's kind of like the captain. He's like the capo, right? So Aaron has said for a long time, ever since the offseason, 
Mason Crosby is going to outshine Arden Key this year. And this last game, we saw that happen. That came to fruition. So Arden Key, and I didn't agree with him at first, but I think I'm starting to come around because he's getting outshined like crazy. Similar body type, you know what I mean, with them big, long, lanky arms, like the whole same knocks against Mad Max were against Arden Key, and Arden Key is not nearly having the same impact. Getting close, but still not the same impact. So right now I'm going to hire him, but three, four, five, six games from now, he might be a fire. Got you. Um, at this point in the season, I would fire Arden Key. Every time I see him, he's around quarterback. But that's all I see. I see him around the quarterback. I, t- I see him missing the angles, not getting there. I, I don't know. He had one sack last year out of like 12 games where he played almost every down. And up to this point, he had one sack in the first game and hasn't done nothing since. So from a standpoint, I want another player in this. So from right now, I ain't looking toward the future. I'm playing for today. I'd fire his butt and get somebody else in there. All right, player that we're going to look at. Your answer might have changed after yesterday, but it is LaMarcus Joyner, our oh. slot cornerback. Oh, he's higher all day. Yeah, no, that's that's an easy one for me. He's great, man. I thought he had an amazing game yesterday, and and you know he was he got thrust into a kind of uh, a, a tough spot. You know, losing Abram, man, had a big uh, ripple effect to this football team, a big ripple effect to our secondary. Um, you know, I don't think there's any mistaking that we came out balling the way that we did against Denver. Granted, they're not a great football team, and then kind of you know, especially against the Vikings, man, really struggled. So uh, you know, when you look at the snaps he took yesterday, he took seventy six snaps yesterday as a slot cover guy, you know what I mean? And, and as a quote safety or hybrid anyways. So no, I'm higher on him. He's, I think he's going to settle in now to, to what this role is and, and do very, very well. So I, I think he's awesome. I wish he was like two inches taller. Cause then he would have come up with that interception, but you can't fix that. <laughs> um, well, technically he is a free agent and he was safety for all his years with the Rams where he was a pro bowler. And I don't understand giving a player play at a different position that he's never played. No, 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 no. Ten million dollars. Well, that's not true though. And it, it, he, he, he's his title is different, but he played the same position. He played slot. And if you and when you hear him interviewed, that's actually his preferred spot. That's the reason that he's a quote slot corner. He likes. Well, let let me let me hire or fire him before you be honest and real. Come on, dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm the captain now. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> my bad. My bad. I'm sorry. No, but you think technically he he was labeled safety, and I would like to see him there with our project safety. Um, and then I think had a good slot cornerback day yesterday because they had some bad wide receivers all the other teams had wide receivers he didn't play good in that position before yesterday they had a lot of injuries and all that other stuff so i would like him to go back to safety where he did play with the rams a lot he did say that but so technically from the slot cornerback position i fire him but off of the team i would not fair enough that's just you know my take on it all right, the next player we are looking at is 
Mad Max Crosby. Ah. Wow, I love this guy. How do you not? How can you not be so encouraged by that game yesterday? You know, all we heard in the offseason was he's a low rounder because he's not as strong. Uh, you know, he's got a he's got a bulk up that he, you know, he might have some quickness to him on the edge, but it's not gonna be enough to get home. All I saw yesterday was him playing great off the edge, kicking inside at times, and handling fools in there. Like he was great. Like I that that he's one of, if not the most encouraging uh players in that game yesterday. And I mean, you know, we've seen guys like Morrow flash before. We know Lamarcus Joyner is supposed to be a Pro Bowl slot corner safety, whatever you want to call him. We know Derek Carr can be Derek Carr. We all assumed Josh Jacobs was drafted in the first round because he was going to be dynamic. Like we saw all these things from all these guys. We didn't expect I didn't. Max Crosby. And if you say that you did Raider Nation, I mean, whatever. God bless you. But I mean, but based on the all the evidence, I mean, it was kind of an iffy thing for year one. Well, now here we are four games in, and he's killing it. Like, yeah, hire him and put him on the the, the front lines, man. Like, I love this guy. Yeah, um, I don't know. He's only had one good game this year, and I I don't want to base everything off of one good game. I'm looking at the records for the previous three games, but does he look like he has upside? Yes, he does. Oh, yeah. Same thing as our... Same thing as Arden Key. He looks like he's got upside. But technically, I want some veterans, defensive edge makers. He's still not getting sacks. He had balls defended, but we need a sack king. The media and everybody's looking at us, you know, getting rid of Khalil Mack. And we need a sack master. And he, at this point, is not that person. So technically, I want somebody in there that can do the job. But in this case, because of the batted balls, and the way he was around it yesterday showed me more upside than Arden Key. I'm going to give him another week. Dude, is so you're ch- hired. That dude is chasing down plays, backside, like downfield. Like, I'm telling you, man, he's awesome. All right. The next player is Cleland Farrell. And I'm going to add one rookie to almost every group Cleland Farrell. Yeah, he's a hire, man. He's, he's, he's young. Same thing like Max, played inside a whole bunch. Played all over the place. And the thing about Farrell that's interesting, and this is goes to Arden Key a little bit too. They were fighting through a lot of double teams yesterday. And you saw a lot of that. And it, look, if you're fighting through a double team, that means that someone else is is getting, you know, uh, someone's getting left alone. So that's important. Now, typically you want your inside guys to suck up all those blocks. You want your inside guys, PJ Hall, Maurice Hurst. We want those guys getting a double team. Uh, and that's what makes players like Darren Donald and anybody else who plays in the middle. So effective is that not only their talent, but you look at like Jarrell Casey, like he's got double teams on him every single play. You know what I mean? So, you know, Titans don't have anybody else to rush the passer either. So it doesn't have the same impact as maybe what it, what, what it does on other teams. But point being is that that's a good thing that he's getting double teamed. Yes. He's not ringing up the stats, but you know, you want to bring up Khalil Mack. You want to invoke that name. Well, he didn't put up a bunch of stats his first year either. Like that not doesn't talent does not necessarily manifest in a huge stat line every week when you're playing that position. And so, you know, look, am I telling you that Cleveland Farrell is going to be the next Cleo Mack? Absolutely not. But, but I, but what I do think is that he's got a chance to be a very, very effective, good player in the league. And, and I think we're already seeing that it just hasn't shown up on the, on the sheet yet. So yeah. Hiring. I mean, of course, 
Yeah, hire him. Of course, I'm not going to fire him. Our first round early draft pick, uh, I will let it stand for at least two to three seasons, no matter what he puts on the field. That's the what draft many draft picks are afforded in this league. You know, early round draft picks, they get three years in the league. If they're even so bad, they're, they're out by year four. That's why the time frame is three years. But has he owned up to the early draft pick status as of some of the other players? In the draft taken later than him, he has not, according to stats. He has not had as many tackles or sacks as other players at linebacker or defensive end that were taken either at the number 10 spot, the number 14 spot, or where have you. He hasn't lived up to the number four or five spot where we took him. And, you know, that being said, it's a cause for concern for me. Because, again, we all have Khalil Mack envy, and we're never going to get over that. But he's definitely a hire, but he has a lot more to prove, and I hope some of it starts showing a little bit more moving forward. How many, how many, sack, uh, how many sacks does Josh Allen have for the Jaguars, the guy that, that everybody was locked in on the Raiders taking? Oh, good point. Yeah, I do not know. I, two. But I know there's other. He's got two. Two. He's got two tackles. Two, two sacks and eight tackles. So, I mean, it's not right. like he's out there lighting up the planet either. You know what I mean? These guys have That's a true. long yeah. way to go before I think we yeah. make that determination. You know what I mean? But I'm comparing them, you know, fun. You know, plus Roquan Smith and linebackers that we technically need right now. You know, they have a lot of tackles and they got a couple interceptions here or there. And I don't know, you know, but he's tired. You know, there's no there's no disrespect there. Uh, OK, we don't need we just can move past this guy. The next player is Vontaze Burfick. Fire him. Um, <laughs> Fire him. He, he, he's been he's been fired. <laughs> so we don't even need to talk about it. All right. Let's go to the coach, uh, the defensive line coach. Brenton Buckner, from this exact point, are you hired or fired with him? Uh, No, I'm way hired on on Brenton Buckner. Um, I got a chance to meet him at the draft. They're not the draft. I got a chance to meet him at the Senior Bowl this year. He was such a cool guy. Uh, Was definitely one of the highlights of Hard Knocks. And no, I think that when you look at the – look, if you got a guy like Max Crosby being effective – like, guess where that's coming from? I mean, he's being coached up in a great way, and that's coming from the the positional coaches. You know, there's an often uh, there's a misnomer amongst fans that we think that the head coach is the one that's responsible for player development, and it's not. Like, it's if you talk to any NFL athlete, they will tell you the biggest impacts to their careers come from their position coaches. So. We got a long season to go, so we'll see where we end up with in terms of stats and all that good stuff. But as of right now, today, yeah, I think that the Brentson Buckner is doing a fantastic job. And uh, no, he's a, he's definitely a, a hire. And while you're giving your answer, I'm gonna look up a picture here. You got it. Uh, for me, Brentson Buckner is a fire. The reason I'm saying oh, that is stop because it. we. Hey, this is my my thing. The reason. The reason I would fire him is he's never had a defensive line ranked above 15. There it is. I love it that you met him. That is a cool thing. That is a cool thing. He's great, man. But he's never had had a defensive line, whether it be with Tampa or anybody else, ranked above 15 um, per season. And coming to the Raiders after losing a player like Lil Mack and all that. And, you know, hey, we're watching him. Let's be honest. We're watching him. 
And I don't know the exact number. I forgot to look it up, but we probably only got somewhere between five or shacks this season, which is actually pretty good for this time compared to last year. Players like Arden Key in their second year doesn't look like they've learned anything. And Benson Mayoa had three shacks in the first two games, and I don't even see him on the field, and there's an injury designation. So I technically don't know what is going on in the coach's mind. But long story short, just from my perspective, I would fire him. But it ain't going to happen, and we got to give him time, but we're playing the game for fun. <laughs> All right, round two, let's go to the offensive of the ball. Uh, the player that we're looking at now is wide receiver Keelan Dosh. So much was expected from him in terms of the media, hard knocks, and the team's own press department. Then they cut him, and then they were forced to bring him back because of the fan base and the Antonio Brown debacle. And they gave him even more money to produce. So is he our savior? They wanted him to be, but they're not using him correctly. I don't know. Would you hire or fire him? I hire him. Uh, first off, the Raiders have five sacks on the season. Uh, P.J. Hall's got a half. Benson Mayoa, three and a half. Farrell's got one. Uh, so there's your, your your five sacks on the year. Um, so I'm a higher on on Doss, young player. There's a reason he went from our practice squad to another team's practice squad. He didn't get like elevated to starter, and the Jaguars aren't necessarily you know rock stars at the at the wide receiver position. So um, you know, look, the guy's got some development time. It was nice to see him show up in the game. Nice to see him get a catch. But uh, yeah, I'm a higher on him because he's got a a, a big upside, and we are far from seeing where his career is going to end up. 100%. I mean, I like the dude. I don't know what happened with him getting cut. He felt he was propped up by the press, by Gruden and everybody. Then he gets cut. He was salty. That's why he didn't resign to the Raiders practice squad. That's why he did it. But he got all this money after the Antonio. Antonio Brown made Keelan Dossamy. Let's just be honest. He's getting close to a million dollars this year for basically being the sixth wide receiver on our team. So kudos to Keelan Doss for getting his money. Uh, of course, he's a hire. I do like the upside of this kid, and he hasn't done anything wrong in my book. He's just trying his best to ball out, but they need to get him involved more if they want him to be a savior. The next player we're looking at is the only true, true playmaker on this team is Josh Jacobs. Would you continue or hire or fire Josh Jacobs? I don't know. Go, go I'd, for it. I'd hire him and uh, give him part of the company and let him marry my daughter. Like I'm all about Josh Jacobs. Yes. And I, and it's, and it's amazing. should be amazingly obvious to anybody listening to us. Why he's a freaking awesome player. Awesome guy. Like, yes, he's the best. 100%. This guy is they need to get him on the field more. I don't know why they messed around for two games, whether it be the injury, or him losing weight, being sick. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. Uh, I don't care. I want him on the field. Some players have their greatest games, even when they're sick. He should have been on the field more. He should have carried the ball 35 times when he was sick. He would have had like five touchdowns like Nick Chubb did the other day. They Keep him on the field. You're hired. I'm going to give you a raise. I'm going to put you on the field whether you're sick or not. We're going to get you some, you know, tussing, and you're going to be all right. <laughs> the next player is Hunter Renfro. Our third round or fourth round draft pick, I believe, Hunter Renfro. 
Hire or fire? Yeah, he had a nice little couple moments in the game yesterday. Yeah, he's uh, my answer is going to be the same for all these young players. They have a big <laughs> upside, so you're going to hire them. You're not going to fire them. Uh, they haven't done anything egregious to lead lean towards you know being like get rid of that guy. Like so, no, yeah, he's he's hireable. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna keep him on the team, but I would say you're fired for a week or two. Go eat food. Go bulk up. Drink some protein shakes. You know, taking a Julian Edelman class, you know, do something, build yourself up. That was pretty funny when he was trying to drive for that first down. He got blasted and came up a a yard short. Like, yeah, it would be nice to see him be a little, uh, have a little more oomph to him there uh, physically and to be able to drive through. But, you know, whatever, you're going to come up and get drilled by DB, then, you know, he didn't make it, but. Yeah, so he's he's fired from that aspect. You're fired, you know. Skinny. Go build up, you little skinny bastard. You're fired. Go drink a protein shake and lift. Again, if he doesn't have the speed to show it, you know, you got to be bulky if you're going to go across the middle. But hey, he'll be all right. He's got. Expe- hey, he'll he, be. He's got Deuce Gruden working with him in strength and conditioning. Man, we've seen Deuce Gruden lately. Dude is crazy big, crazy strong. Uh, yeah, we'll get there with Hunter. I hope so. I hope so. The next player we're looking at is Colton Miller in his second year being a first-round draft. All that's expected from him. Whether we reached or we didn't the draft, you a hire or a fire with Colton Miller? I'm a hire. If you had other, if, if you had other options. No, I'm a hire, man. He's, he's, he's fine. Now, the Raiders got a little uh, crazy with the sacks their last couple games playing Kansas City and Minnesota, but we only gave up one yesterday. And we, we you know, uh, neutralized Chubb and, and, and Miller in game one. So, no, I'm, I'm fine with Colton Miller. And, and I loved yesterday seeing him get downfield on blocks. Like, that was great. You know, seeing Waller down there, him and Waller leading the charge, man, uh, on blocks downfield. Like, no, I mean, Darren Waller's really fast. And Colton Miller kept up. Like, he wasn't beating him in a foot race, but he kept up and got down there and was making blocks for people. So, no, I'm, I'm all about Colton Miller. Hire him. I haven't fired anybody yet, Mikey. Yeah. Except Fontes <laughs> Perfect. Hey, I'll be the bad guy for the both of us. Um, I would technically fire him. Of course you Why? Because I want Trent Williams from Washington. If I have all options available, if I'm John Gruden, I call him Trent Williams. He's salty with the Redskins. I bring on Trent Williams. You know, take that $16 million that we get back from Antonio Brown. I get Trent Williams. Then I would have Colton Miller play his position that he played in college, which is the right guard. But I know we got incognito there. Or I'd make Colton Miller with the injury to Gabe Jackson. I'd make him, I'm sorry, the left guard. He could have played his natural position. Or he could go to the right guard for injury sakes. But that being said, if I had other options, I'd fire him at the left tackle position. But he is showing upside, and no doubt I'm going to give him another week or two. All right, the next player is Derek Carr. People were clamoring for his head last week or every other week, it feels like. If you had other options available, would you continue or hire or fire Carr? No, I'm hiring him, and unless that other option's name is Aaron Rodgers or something like that, then no, I'm absolutely – 
I'm a higher on Derek Carr. I think that he's unfortunately maligned and only by fans that don't understand how the West Coast offense works. Uh, if you go to our last episode of Raiders Fan Radio, you, you can hear me um, not go on a tirade, but kind of break it down on what it is that we're actually looking at. Uh, the quarterbacks in the league get too much credit when they win, and they get too much blame when they lose. And with a lack of understanding of what his function is in John Gruden's offense, that people quickly point a finger at him. Well, guess what? When the West Coast offense is clicking and you have the short pass set up the run to set up chunk plays like what happened in the first series in this last game, you see how effective Derek Carr can be as a quarterback. So I'm a higher on him all day long. I'm not going to apologize for some of the decision making that he's made. And I'm not being a bootlicker here. I'm not being an apologist, Raider Nation. You guys in the chat are already on me, I'm sure. But um, look, Derek Carr is very effective as a quarterback. The Raiders issues are deeper than what he is. It is there. It is much broader than that. So don't be the path of least resistance. Don't be a sheep. Don't just go, oh, that guy sucks. Dig into it a little bit. Understand what it is that we're actually looking at and the complexity of the NFL and the complexity of NFL offenses. And then once you have a grasp of that, I promise you, you won't think Derek Carr sucks then either. Okay? Again, I'm not going to defend some of the stuff that he's done because he's not perfect and he has bad days and bad games like everybody does. But as an overall, he's a hire, he's a keeper, he's a franchise quarterback, and glad to have him. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, he's definitely a you're hired for me personally, uh, but he's definitely excelled stat-wise more so than it looks like on the field. Him and Gruden, in my opinion, they got some sort of a weird codependent relationship because that time they showed Gruden went – he was talking to Derek Carr. Like it didn't feel like was coaching the defense. You know, when cars when the team is on defense, Gruden's just talking to Derek Carr. They're trying to figure it out. Like they need each other. They're so codependent. Uh, this and that. It it feels a little awkward to me. You know, for a, a coach to have to be that involved constantly with a quarterback when there's other things happening. But he's a hire. He can get all the plays done. He is a great quarterback, but. Not a, he's not able to excel in Gruden's system as of yet. Uh, truly, it looks good on paper. He hasn't truly been able to throw the ball, and we don't have a lot of playmakers. He just doesn't have it. And it's really sad to see a quarterback with his true talent not have the talent around him. And that's why they brought in Antonio and all that. And I know it didn't work out, but we are hurting. And Eric Carr is hurting under Gruden's guidance with all these problems. So, but he's higher, but Gruden may fire him for one of these running quarterbacks, athletic quarterbacks that are changing the league. Gruden might see one available in the next year or so, and he might he might take a chance. Do you think Gruden might take a chance? No chance. Uh, and can I give you a, a fire in terms of car? Go for it. Okay. Yes, yeah, sure. I want to fire David, Darren, and Roger. I want to fire you guys from being the Derek defenders. Let him stand on his own. Don't run to Twitter when he has a bad game and justify his decision-making, the defenses, how everything broke down, and like give us what excuses. He saw, what he didn't, yeah. Don't do all of that because all you're doing is you're robbing him of credibility and you're robbing him the opportunity to stand on his own and to account on his own. So I'm going to fire all all the other cars 
Just let Derek be Derek. Let the fans be critical. Let us do whatever we got to do to vent, but don't come run into his defense because all it does is it just makes him seem more guilty. Just stop it. Just, just go be analysts, go be football coaches, go be dad, go be brother. And look, and I get it. It's your brother. You want to defend him. I'm all about it, but don't justify don't, don't quit it with that. Don't run out and feel like you got to run to Twitter and justify everything Derek ever did. Look, sometimes he's going to have a bad game. So just say that. Derek had a bad game. Derek had miscommunication with the receiver. It didn't go the way that we expected it to go to. So, okay, we can handle that because that's what life is. So life isn't perfect and you're going to have a bad day and then we can move on from it. But don't sit there and go, well, this is why this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. It's not his fault, yep. not his fault, not his fault, not his fault. Nah, BS, man. Sometimes it's his fault and that's okay. But don't, don't this endless defense of him is it's a little silly. So I'm firing all the rest of the cars from social media. There you go. Now looking back, maybe that's why Antonio Brown wrote a Twitter message bumper cars. Very, very interesting. Well, but Antonio Brown's an uh, idiot, so he deserved everything he ever got from them. But you know what I mean? That's a little different. I know, but that's what Antonio Brown was thinking. He's like, the bumper cars, they're always in people's business. Whatever, shut up. Who cares? Uh, the last coach is the actual John Gruden. If you had other options and you look at the franchise, would you continue or hire uh, John Gruden. Unless it's a uh, 35-year-old John Madden, then is our alternative, then no. Give me John Gruden all day long. We'll take him. Upside, man. It's upside. We, we, we don't have enough yet to base a decision on whether he's you know successful or a failure or whatever. We don't know. We don't know. We haven't seen John Gruden be John Gruden all the way yet. We've seen the John Gruden personality, but we haven't seen the full effectiveness of John Gruden as a head coach. And the last time we did, and he was on the Raiders sidelines, he produced one of the most, if not, uh, you know, if not one of the most, the most competitive football team in the NFL. And we got jobbed on a call in new England and kicked off someone else's dynasty. So, I mean, when, when John Gruden is allowed to be John Gruden, he's pretty damn good. So, uh, you know, and you, and you know, the, the super bowl, everybody wants, or not everybody, but a lot of people point to all oh, that was Dungy's team. And he just, well, look, he still did it. He still got more super bowl rings than we do. Right. So, I mean, you got to give him some kind of credit there. So I'm going to trust his life in football and his experience uh, more than my perception as a fan. So and until we get to year five or six and we're still four and 12, if that happens, then I'm all about firing him. But here we are in the middle of year two and we're a 500 football team, just like we all kind of expected. Let him run. He's a hire. Gotcha. Well, everybody knows, you know, what I thought when he was hired and I've tried to accept him. And I'm going to continue to try to accept him because I have to. But, you know, I am a little salty for my own personal reasons. So don't, don't hold that against me. But looking at the team right now, after about, a, what, a year and a half with him, um, gonna, I would fire him. Not be, only because I'm salty and I have issues. Again, if I personally have other options, even a Sean McVay or somebody like that, I, being a general manager, would fire him. Um, cause I want somebody younger, somebody different. And I just think he's been running the team very like hypocritical 
you know, he'll pray certain players at certain times, call out certain players at other times. Then when other bad players or worse people, then he'll praise them and love them. You know, he'll cater to the, uh, he'll make jokes after press conferences. Then he'll talk up the other team and he will talk about why we lost really. And he'll talk about how good other people are. I'm me personally, again, not you guys or the proverbial you I'm annoyed and want the noise to stop. The media is going to go after Gruden forever, whether it's well-deserved or not. And I just want a quiet coach <laughs> to come in and do their job. And Gruden nah, that ain't the right is way, not going to be that person. Nah, that ain't the right way. Nah, I know. I know. But that's my personal thought yeah, on it. Right. You know, I'm, I'm working with Gruden. You know, I love him. He's getting better than me. But technically, just right now, if I had other options... I'd fire him. I'd probably fire myself from the show, Murph, to be quite honest with you. I'd fire you for <laughs> you those comments about Coach, but other than that, we're good. <laughs> Thank you, you're fired. Uh, so we don't have a lot of time because the show is yeah, we, quickly. game started already. Oh, yeah. Well, don't tell me anything, please. Uh, but let, let's do a game preview for the Chicago game, and we don't have to talk about the, um, the previous games because we kind of did that during the show. But let's do a quick little preview. First off, I just wanted to respect everybody who's going to London. Go to silverandblackuk.com. You can see on screen. If you're already going there, check them out. Go to their website. They're having a bunch of events. Uh, you know, silverandblackuk.com. They got a ghost walk. They got a sightseeing tour bus on Friday. They got a blackout party. They got a game day brunch. Please go to the website. If you don't know about any of the events happening, and check it out. All the information is on the website, Silver and Black UK. And you can meet up with the Raider fans and have a fantastic time for the sold out Chicago Bears game for the Raiders in London. All right. Quick little preview of what to expect and what you think we need to do to win versus the Chicago Bears in the Khalil Mack. You know the media is going to talk about it all week. And they're going to compare sacks and our defensive line and everything but give me your expectations and what do you think or you want to happen? Well, the fan in me wants this to be a statement game. Uh, you know, obviously we have a history with, with, with 52 and he's got it circled on his calendar. He admitted it this week that, that there he's, he was looking forward to this game and, you know, he's pretty, uh, quietly, I don't even know quietly, I would say he's a respectful guy. He's a little disrespectful to the Raiders, the way that he, he treated us there at the end. But, um, in terms of his comments, he's he's at least uh, uh, respectful, and I, and he but he still said that this was a game that he was looking forward to to playing, and that then it was a standout to him when he saw it on the schedule. All right, so we have a chance to neutralize him. If we can neutralize Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, we can neutralize uh, Leonard, and we can neutralize Khalil Mack. Now the rest of the defense is really freaking good too. So. While the fan in me wants to think that, like, oh, this will be a statement game, and we need to show them what's up, and we need to go out, and we blah, blah, blah. I don't know, man. When we, when, when we face, uh, you know, so far this year, and Kansas City's not the greatest defense, Minnesota is really good. Uh, Colts, not so much. Denver, not so much. We thought otherwise, but after the first four weeks, Denver, not so much. So we're going to have a we're work cut out for, uh, for us here. And London has been no fan of the Raiders. Silver and Black UK is, but in terms of our success and the results of our games over there, not so great. So it's, uh, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic, but uh, number one, first and foremost, we got to neutralize their pass rush. 
And the only way you're going to do that with our West Coast offense, spread them out, throw the ball short, run the ball with Josh Jacobs, and then eventually get to those chunk plays uh, deep. So that's that's the way you got to do it. And we've got to get to the quarterback. They're going to start Chase Daniel. Uh, Trubisky's out for sure. He's not out for the a long period of time, but we know he's not going to play in this game. So Chase Daniel did okay in relief. Um, so he's going to have an entire week to prepare for the Raiders, but he's still Chase Daniel. Like So if we can get to him and we can rattle him, he'll make mistakes just like every other quarterback, but more so because he's a younger guy and inexperienced and less talented. So if, if we can force him into mistakes, our secondary will feed, man. They will eat up a freaking rookie, or not a rookie, but a young quarterback, uh, or younger anyways, whatever. Don't hold me to the numbers, Raider Nation. But you know what I mean? They'll, they'll, they'll feast on a guy like Chase Daniel. So um, I think it's very possible. But again, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic because it's still the Raiders. It's still London. It's still that badass defense of the Bears, so we'll see. We'll see. But uh, you know, clearly I'll be rooting for him. <laughs> of course. Well said. Well said. Um, yeah, so just looking at this game from uh, – I'm not an expert. But, um, I thought we matched up well versus the Colts, and we, we did. And I think we match up well with the Bears. Um, even though they got a vaunted defense that can really shut teams down, Again, if we play our run game and we put two tight ends, three tight ends to block, however that system works, we can continue six-yard passes, seven-yard passes. We can mess up this Bears defense across the middle and control the time of possession. So I think doing a very good job at that. I don't think they technically need to spread the field because we don't have playmakers really at the wide receiver with all the speed. I think this is the first game this year. I want John Gruden to use his tight offense, run the ball, keep it all in-house with, you know, the Waller call connection and all that. And we're going to make some plays and we're going to control the game, even though they got a great defense and the quick passing for Derek Carr that has been talked about that happened in the Monday night football game. And they finally brought it back this week in the game plan. It's been working out. Their car's been getting rid of the ball really quickly. And again, we don't have the playmakers that are really breaking the tackles after they're getting the ball, but their car's going to need that quick pass game versus the bears defense. So I think we can grind out a victory. Then of course they got that uh, young quarterback playing uh, chat. What's his name? Chad Henney? Well, no, it's Chase Daniel. Let me let me let me clarify something. So first off, I'm old and I'm an idiot. So Chase Daniel's been in the league since 2010. So he's far from young. He's 32 years old. He's a veteran. He's a veteran, but he's only started. And I just looked it up while you were talking. He's only started four games in the league. He's played in 63. But he's only started in four games, and that's what my point was. Again, it, yeah. that's young to me, and I just, I just wasn't. I just didn't think he'd been in the league that long. Uh, but he has. He's been around a long time, so he's definitely a veteran. But he doesn't have starting experience, so there's still plenty of us to take advantage of. And when you look at his stats, um, he's only thrown uh, career five touchdown passes. Uh, let's see, and uh, in interception wise, he's thrown three. So it's not like, you know, this this is not a seasoned guy. This isn't even Ryan Tannehill coming in. It's Chase Daniel. So anyways, go ahead. Sorry, Mikey. No, no, no. Thank you. So, yeah, I agree. So I think he can be had. 
Um, but they get to the quarterback and they need to bring blitzes and they need to do packages and all that other stuff. Then on offense, we've used a lot of tricks um, and they've kind of worked, which is good. But um, we're lacking playmakers, let's be honest. But in terms of the Khalil Mack revenge game versus Gruden, he's going to be proud to see Carr, the players he played with, and that'll be a fantastic thing. But I do really think that Khalil Mack wants to show up Raiders and have a big game. And I truly think that our offensive line coach Cable and Gruden want to make a statement as well. Whether they're going to say it publicly or not, they're going to come all against Khalil Mack. Double teams, whatever they got to do, they will definitely try to shut down Khalil Mack. And, you know, I'm looking I don't forward know to happen. I'm looking forward to the handshake at midfield because John Gruden and Khalil Mack have never met each other face to face. Never met. Yeah, <laughs> 100% correct. So give me a – so I think it, think they're definitely both of them. Khalil Mack and the Raiders are both going to try to prove a point. And we haven't had a sack this season, and I hope we get more than Khalil Mack in this game because I do not want the media talking about Khalil Mack having a three or four or five sack game or maybe breaking the record against I don't want it to happen. Uh, so give me a prediction, man, whether they win or they lose. You know, I I always I always predict the Raiders are going to lose, and uh, and I and I hate to, but you know, look, I, there's a there's a very realistic part of fandom that has taken over in me this this year, and I said this last off season or at the conclusion of last season that the Raiders have relieved me of the burden of expectation that I'm no longer going to go into a season going, you know, maybe we can win the division or maybe we can make the play. No, not until it happens. Again, I'm not going to not root for them. I'm not taking down the decorations out of my house. I'm still as Raider as you can get, man. I love this football team. I bleed silver and black. But, um, you know, our track record hadn't been good. And, again, especially not in London. So I'm going to say we're probably going to lose. And if I'm wrong, that's awesome. And I can't wait to hear all of you tell me how stupid I was for picking the Raiders to lose. But I think it's going to be like 21-10 Bears. Mm. Yeah, well, I did. I knew they had this game scheduled on the calendar when we saw it, when we did our predictions, I had the Raiders winning this game. Uh, but I actually think that they're going to win it by even more now after what I saw versus the Colts. And I think we match up well. So I had the Raiders winning before I actually have the Raiders winning. again. But I see, I see actually a little bit more of a higher score than people think. I say the Raiders win 20 to 18 versus the bears. I don't know. I hope you're right. And I hope I'm dead wrong. And I look forward to all of you killing me in the chat and on Twitter and everything else for saying that. I hope I'm way wrong. That'd be awesome. I I hope you're too Murph. I hope you're wrong. All right. So you won the joke off. We're in the bonus segment. You won the joke (laughs) off the Jay Schrader joke, huh? The Jay Schrader joke won it for Red Nation. And I just wanted to let everybody know, I know we're having internet troubles. I may upload the show later differently. Uh, but still, if you're watching, you do got Mondays with Mike and Murph t-shirts available. If you want to wear our silly faces, you know, on your body, that would be appreciated in support of our channels and everything. And then Murph's got an amazing Get Made t-shirt with uh, on RaidersFanRadio.com. The links will be below and you could also get it on his channel where you become a made man and tell him about the t-shirt 
Yeah, we're actually almost sold out. So this is the last week that we're doing uh, T-shirt sales. 100% of the proceeds go to support the Bolitnikoff Foundation and Tracy's Place of Hope. Uh, if you don't know what that is, definitely check that out. It is uh, former Raider receiver Fred Bolitnikoff. I'm wearing his jersey right now. Uh, the Hall of Famer, Super Bowl MVP, and uh, it's his foundation uh, that was created in memory of his daughter Tracy that passed away prematurely. And, uh, and so we're giving away 100% of the proceeds to them. We're going to present them with a check in November at their annual Crab Fest. And uh, myself and my Uncle Mosh and Swag Jeff and the uh, the original uh, co-founder of Raiders Fan Radio, my cousin Sonny, uh, we, all four of us will be there to present our check live to the Blitnikoff Foundation. Uh, our goal was to raise $2,000, and we're going to get there, and we're going to have that money, and Ooh. that is 100% uh, on behalf of the Raiders Fan Radio listening uh, audience. Audience and anybody here on this listening audience that's bought one of those shirts. So there are a few left. We're sold out on larges and extra larges, and you'll see it on the website there uh, if, you, if you go to the site, but just go to RaidersFanRadio.com slash t-shirts, and uh, there's a lot of big boy sizes, so any of you big fellas out there, double X, three X, four X, man, we got we got big boy sizes, so y'all hook it up, man, and, and, and help us out. We're going to give all that money to Bolitnikoff, uh, but at the, again, at this point, this is going to be the last week we're going to do it. Anything that we have uh, left over t-shirt-wise, which won't be many, we're just going to take with us out there in November and just, uh, uh, and just hand them out to people at the tailgater or whatever but anyways thank you for supporting amazing thing yeah thank you you. i think i cut you off you're good thank you brother we appreciate the support no thank you very much so pick up either one of those shirts and support all the channels and the belindica foundation it's a beautiful thing and then on murph fan cape raiders fan radio you know you can subscribe link will be below after the show but they have a thing called tales from the nation and while i was watching the colts game i was reading a few twitter from the raider nation and then a bunch of them had a tale from the nation in where Peyton Manning was the quarterback of the Colts. And they responded saying, remember the time Greg Beekert figured out all Peyton Manning's play calls versus the Colts in 2001. And then we were able to get three exceptions in that game and we were able to come out with a big victory. But that's a tale from the nation where Greg Beekert figured out Peyton Manning's play calls. That's legit, man. I will make a note of that, and we will put that on our list of there's endless amounts of, of significant Raider moments to do shows about, but I will definitely put that on the list. That's a, that's a great one. That's a little bit of an obscure one. I dig it. Yeah, that was in the Gruden era as well. So technically, I wish a Manning was playing again. That would have been fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so there it is, Raider Nation. That was your episode, Illuminati number 33 of Mondays with Mikey and Murph. We hope you had a good time. We know we had a lot of air problems. You might be seeing this show later or or later in a different format, but it is what it is, and we're just going to move on with life. Murph, so do you have any rebuttals? Do you want to apologize for all the mistakes you made during the show? (laughs) (laughs) If I had to apologize, Mikey, for all the mistakes I make on this show and in life, I could do my own I can make a fifth show for Raiders fan radio. You know, it's not about being right. It's just about being passionate about this, uh, this team. And, uh, you know, I, I think that if, 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 if anything, uh, you can be critical about me about a lot of different things. I don't think you can ever be critical about my, uh, my passion for this fan or fandom, my passion for, well, my, yeah, my passion, my fandom for this team. Same thing with you, Mikey, you know, and we're just, we're just fans, man. We just, we just love this team and we love talking about them. And, uh, you know, that's, 
that's the, the cool thing about uh, fandom is that everyone's got an opinion and all of them are valid. None of them are wrong. Uh, if, if, if that's what you think, I would encourage everybody to, like I was talking earlier about Derek Carr, I would encourage you to have an educated opinion. I would encourage you to go deeper than just using what your eyes tell you on a Sunday when you're watching a game, dig into a little bit and, and learn uh, and get in, get in depth about it. And if you care that much about the team, you'll love doing that anyways. So I, I would, I would definitely encourage that, but you know, no, neither one of us are here to be right. We're wrong all the time. And, uh, and it's okay. Cause it's just fun. It's football. It's okay to be wrong sometimes. I just want the team to it's win. Free just win. Just win more. Me too. That's it. Just, and here's just one last thing. More. Just and one last thing. Remember this too, Raider Nation. Every year, 31 teams' critics are proven right. Just remember that. 31 teams' critics are proven right every single year. So it's easy to be a critic. Murph, let everybody know where they can find you, and then let's get on out of here. And then, just in a quick summary, earlier in the show, I said I'm your captain now. Well, who's going to be that now that Vaughn is the captain? Very good point. Uh, YouTube.com slash Cave. Subscribe. Smash that bell, as the kids say. We'll see you tomorrow. Not, not tomorrow. Wednesday night. Raiders Fan Radio, RFR Live, 730 Eastern. Check us out. All right, everybody. Guess what? Time for him to do the thumb dance and for me to get on out of here. This has been, because this has been Mondays with Mikey and Murph. We talked a lot of Raiders and some of your hired and fired football dirt because we are trying to be the coolest and unique talk show. And most importantly, we try to have good times. Let's go. This has been Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.